What's your high score? This is Illiterate. This week, we are covering Sonic the Hedgehog. My name is Evan. I just checked out the top movie this weekend at the box office. My name is Taylor, and I got into the history of accidents with giant inflatables. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. This was not really one that we were planning on, but with it, the talk after the weekend, uh, and also perhaps maybe being, I don't really believe it, but it might be Jim Carrey's final performance. We thought, what a good opportunity to get into video games again. We haven't done video games in a while. Check out Mortal Kombat. was one of the last ones I think we did mm-hmm. there. So Sonic the Hedgehog, Japanese uh, Mickey Mouse. I mean, that's <laughs> really, that's about the closest thing I can really say. I mean, he really is Mickey Mouse uh, level yeah. ubiquity. Brand recognition, kids recognize him. And for decades and decades. I really have a limited, and I know, rake me over the coals. <laughs> I'm a bad millennial. <laughs> but uh, I have really have a limited touch with this character. This is an auxiliary character for me. A lot of my friends, obviously, uh, growing up in the 90s, yeah. love Sonic. It wasn't really something that I knew anything about. So this, this, you know, I saw the movies now, but this is a great, great opportunity to get into this character, get into this property, because I promise you it's so much bigger than you would really think. There are so many people, I know people love Sonic, but there are people <laughs> like me, there are people like me that go, yeah, Sonic's a video game character. He's so much more. He's so much more. <laughs> and yeah, just like his speed and roller coaster antics, there's a lot of ups and downs to making him what he is yeah. or even figuring out what he is. So we're going to get into all of that. My tease at the beginning research of giant inflatables, I hope that this <laughs> makes sense in terms of an allegory for Sonic, because I also, as a part of looking into everything that he is, he featured prominently in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade as a character. And mm-hmm. if you're not in the US, that's just the thing that happens in the holiday where there's big balloons going down New York City streets. First video game character ever to be a, a balloon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1993. Although that very year, he got stuck on a light pole, ripped him open. The lamp crashed, injured a kid and a police officer. (laughs) Oh, no. I'll post a link to the uh, (laughs) the, the news video. Nobody nobody died, but people got hurt. But kept going, eventually hit another tree in 95, and then- (laughs) There was unknown damage in- And he's still out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, 97, there was something that happened. So basically, from for mm. those years, they used B-roll for the people watching no, on TV. And then he got really? retired. Yeah, because he just didn't actually run. So then he- So it was a lie? It was a lie. I was probably- yeah. I was watching- I'm almost certain I was like crazy about it right at the- I mean, that's Lost World. I was all about it. Yeah. 97, baby. I was watching. They lied straight to my face. Yeah. That's the Didn't power they of just, television. Oh, yeah. my God. I, it was a, an interesting thing, too. I think they did a similar thing recently where people weren't sure if there was a rock, like the Rock Johnson giant no. <laughs> last year or the year before. He had a show coming out on like ABC, and it was a promo. It was to made to look actually, like yeah. it was part of the show, but people thought it was actually still part of the show. And so it was mass hysteria online <laughs> as to whether or not it was yeah. in reality a Rock Johnson. Well, now with deep fakes and everything, <laughs> right? Well, but anyways, with, with Sonic, he, he was retired after all that and then came back in 2011 for the 20th anniversary and then mm. a couple of years later caught another tree in 2013. No. And so he didn't return until just last year in 2021. 
being the first video game character, he also has the record for the most removals of any balloon in the parade. In and out, and in and out, and up and down. <laughs> see, I'm just saying, they ought to show us this. That would be so much fun to see it just going wrong. I don't know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just, I want the, I don't show me B-roll, show me the hysteria. Yeah, so that's uh, a great heads up to where he's headed. There's just in and out and retired and back and B-roll. Lord, and I had no idea. As far, in my mind, he's like a yearly, he's Santa, yeah. you know, yeah. almost. He feels like just part of that whole event. That's what they want you to think, but yeah. Good. In his life, in video games, in other media, he's all over the place. But we got to start from the very beginning. He is a character most definitely born of the 90s and then also born of the synthesis of America and Japan. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to our Godzilla and Kong episode if you want another mm -hmm. great synthesis of characters oh, yeah, from across the world. I mean, just cultures passing the ball. I mean, yeah. I loved it. So video game, a little bit of inside baseball. 1988 is when the Sega Genesis released. And we're going on. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, beat out Nintendo's Super Nintendo in terms of time. It came out before. Two years later, though, the Super Nintendo comes out. And Nintendo is in 25% of U.S. homes. It beat Toyota as Japan's most successful company. Wow. This thing is massive. Yeah. The, the big game, Super Mario 3, made as much money in the U.S. alone as E.T. did when it came out wow. in the 80s. Oh so yeah. this, what does Sega have? Alex Kidd, which you've never heard of, but that was what they were trying to make their competition to Mario which is absolutely no contest. <laughs> oh God, God! I've not, I've never heard of that. Exactly, that yeah. it's still hurting. It, the game, <laughs> the game is fine, but it was kind of a Mario clone, and so they said, "What are we gonna do? We just put out oh. a new console. They put out their new console. <laughs> we thought we beat them to it." <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So enter, and these are the three people and areas of the game that we're going to cover: programming, art, and level design. We'll start with programming, because that's what the Genesis was trying to do differently foremost. Yuji Naka is the guy who is the head on Sonic, and he's like, what can we do to compete in this arena? Mm -hmm. And the big thing, the Genesis was just more powerful. It had over double the CPU of the Super Nintendo. Oh, wow, yeah. And one of the things that people lamented in the NES days was the saving feature, because a lot of times it just didn't... Sa like. If you died completely, you had to start back at the beginning of the entire game. You know what I mean? Good Lord. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. this is when now we see like speed runs, because that's what people would do. You'd have to speed through. You'd <laughs> memorize the early levels and just try to get through them as quickly as possible. Right. And so he's like, oh, I want to mess with this idea. The fact that we have this higher processing, let's do something where the character goes super fast, because that's what we were doing anyway with this. Right. So the character's default speed that they were going to do was set to Mario's running speed. They're like, as fast as he went, that's going to be our default. God, <laughs> play that. Yeah. <laughs> Though there were tons of animation problems. It was shaky, flickering, buggy, all kinds of stuff that they have to work with. So he's credited with creating this algorithm to help with the fluidity, especially on curved surfaces, which you can see where that's going. Uh, but they're like, what character can we use with this feature and the premise behind the programming technology mm -hmm. aspect of it? They're like, what are fast animals, a kangaroo, a squirrel? There was a rabbit with prehensile ears that could maybe grab stuff. They're trying anything. Thus comes the art side of it now. 
I like the parameters building around it. You know, yeah. when, when these things emerge, it really becomes the what confining or uh, constraining power. Yeah. Um, empowering constraints is what they called it, yeah. something like that in, in school. So, um, you know, but I think that's such a, it's it's like the bumpers on the lane if you're bowling. It, at some level, those parameters are really defining the realm of the character. And it's so important to be cognizant of that when you're putting things together to not get like caught up in being like, oh, it's not, well, it's not cool. I want him to have a red scarf. Hold on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, and especially with video games and I, with somewhat with films, yeah. but definitely not with novels, it's like there is a technological limitation. Of course, you would want to do the most epic, amazing, realistic thing, but you can't. Exactly. You only have so much memory and RAM, and there's yeah. a there's a step here. What's important? What is the need here? <laughs> when I mean, and I loved it. How fast are people going? You know, yeah. that's a problem. How do we solve it? We're going to create a character to solve it. That's what I'm talking. These parameters really defining the space of the character. Yeah. So with that, now comes the what character are we even going to do? Naoto Oshima. He worked with Naka on the Master System games and the things that mm -hmm. came before. So he was on a trip in New York when the call from Sega comes. You know, play around with some of these ideas, draw out like an old guy with a mustache because Mario is that like, can we do something riff and almost like Shrek, you know, like how can yeah, we yeah, yeah. riff off of this, uh, <laughs> do something spiky and then something dog like just give us give us some <laughs> give us something here. <laughs> red blue yeah exactly. <laughs> so he's in New York. He draws all these things up, surveys some randos in Central Park, and they like the hedgehog idea that he came up with the most. And I'll post a link in our show notes for some of these initial sketches and photos and whatnot, because mm -hmm. this is all available. And then there's a great art book of the history of Sonic the Hedgehog that I looked at that has a lot of this stuff. Oh, that's cool. I love art, art books are yeah. like one of my favorite resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and don't don't sleep on our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the all the visual elements to it. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of which, one of the things because they're trying to compete with Nintendo and they know kids are the ones playing video games at this point. They really want a easier character that a kid could draw. That's a big consideration yeah, with this. Because yeah. that was one of my things. I didn't have a lot of video games as a kid, but I was drawing Sonic in middle school for sure or trying Boom, to. They got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, I mean, and again, there's another little parameter to kind of, well, what's something that is that will be easy for kids to replicate, think about? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's something that'll be easy to to get stuck you know something that they can do um, very much that's a real that's very cool and then sega comes back with well then how is this us what differentiates and then there comes the color blue because it matches the sega logo mm -hmm. and i guess also it's probably counterpoint mario is traditionally red red hat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nintendo's logo is red so they wanted to do something different there and then sega is giving Oshima some keywords. They're like cool, challenger, history. Because the, the cool and challenger is really because they're the underdogs to Nintendo right. and they want to be cooler than an Italian plumber. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> steep, steep hill to climb there. I wonder what we can do cooler yeah. than that. I don't know. Hedgehog, yeah. <laughs> but the history thing was curious. And I found a, an interview that Oshima did later where he's saying, Well, I had to come up with we we want this to feel like it has as much history as a Western American cartoon character. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So this is this wild story that he came up with that only came out later, but it actually informs a lot of the tone and style. So 
and this is all made up in his mind to get to a blue hedgehog. Keep this in this, mind. So this is like an internal yeah. thing yeah, yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. they had when it wasn't released until much later. Yeah. But this they've had this going off of it for a or while. Or at least he did. And then he, yeah, yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. So his whole idea, there was a pilot in the 1940s who was nicknamed Hedgehog because he liked speed. He was this ace pilot. And when he flew, his hair went back in spikes. Hmm. He also drew on his plane this nose cone art. You know how sometimes they make it look like a shark or whatever on the biplanes. He did a hedgehog, and then he had a hedgehog insignia on his leather jacket. Later, this guy would have married a children's book author, and her stories were inspired by him and became this Sonic the Hedgehog story that is now a video game. So all this is made up. In his yeah. mind, like I said, but what's what's so, so he gave it like a wet, like <laughs> he gave it like a Western farm pilot, yeah, yeah. fighter pilot, yeah. you know, w- wife takes it and it turns. <laughs> he gave it this whole like lore. He to it, yeah. wrote a Disney movie yeah. beginning to. <laughs> well, that's kind of what he like I said, that's that Western. That's American. beautiful. Yeah. So. What's crazy? It, I'm like, all yeah. listen. I'm almost now that you tell me that I'm almost sad that's not part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. you can't do that because people would be like actually believing it. But like, yeah. there's part of me that like that's cool. Wants yeah. an element. Yeah, no. It's at least that that it, even if it's like made up for him, mm-hmm. there's something very fascinating about that for him to have this very in detailed backstory, a Mary American yeah. backstory. <laughs> That's really interesting, and there's there's a lot there that I, like I almost feel, I almost feel is a missed opportunity to not incorporate some element of it. I'm not saying that it yeah. has to be that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like that, the, a taste of it, a, a hint of it. There's a, that's pretty rich. Well, even yeah. that they are just like <laughs> we want it to have this. I love that you bring that up because my very next thing it was incorporated. So the original, if you play, open up Sonic the Hedgehog, the first video game, the opening logo and the opening title screen, there are wings coming off of the logo and a banner that says Sonic the Hedgehog, it's all supposed to be the leather jacket emblem insignia on the guy's thing. It doesn't really make sense because Tails isn't introduced until the second game, but they have these wings as a part of the Sonic logo, but there's no real flying or anything like that. (laughs) It is very much incorporated into the original tone. So like you said, I wish there was some element of this. A lot of people don't know that, but that's that was very much what he, he wanted to have this longer legacy kind of feel even though it's fake because they just made it up <laughs> there i know? mean you know it's there's part of that that's like well it's just a made-up backstory <laughs> but at, at the at again it's the idea of wanting this character to have come from that place is yeah. very interesting it's very interesting usually you you think of yourself as your you know your character's origin to some extent mm-hmm. you know then they're like no 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 he comes from America. you know yeah. like this it, <laughs> That's very, very interesting. Yeah, I love it. So with, now we've got those two pieces. We're onto the third piece, level design. Hirokazu Yasuhara is the level designer. And mm-hmm. just to make sense of this, I'm, I'm trying to frame this in a linear sense, but all of these are mingling together. Like nothing is linear. This is all this is, ideas right. at once. This is just so... We're it a little makes- bit thick on the game jargon <laughs> here. I know typically we're talking more in, in film and, and yeah. novels and those type of, but the, these are the elements in which a game really comes together yeah. uh, in, in full form. We've just gotten through the pieces that make the character, where now where does the character exist? Yeah. And that is everything that that is just as important as the character himself yeah. that makes the game. And they're, like I said, they're working on the level design as they're adjusting the character. So like exactly. Naka and Oshima. It all yeah. walks together. It all 
Well, it's this 3D puzzle that builds together <laughs> until it's unstoppable. Because they were doing prototypes of the game, futzing with the level design, and they, had, like I said, had the rabbit with the ears that could grab things, but it's not working with the speed element, it's slowing it down, and then Naka, the programmer, wanted it to be one button because he's doing the programming stuff, and he, in terms of liking the speed as well, didn't like mm. two, one for jump and one for attack, he just wants one for one thing, you know? So mm -hmm. with that, then they're saying, okay, well, what animal, if we're not going to use the rabbit, can roll into a ball? So they tried armadillo, mm. they tried hedgehog. Now you can see how, like I said, yeah. all the disciplines are merging together. It wasn't just like, first this, next this, then this. I got a lot of the stuff from Yasuhara. There's a great article, long form, where he kind of details his game design psychology because he's Ooh. a master in this and he continues into other video games, which we'll get into. But Mm -hmm. um, it's too much for this <laughs> episode, but if you're interested, mm -hmm. I'll post a link in the show notes too. He's a, he's a genius when it comes to. So we should have done a three parter. <laughs> <laughs> On, yeah. It's, it's outside the bounds of usually what we talk about, but designing video games based on sociology, psychology, cultural psychology, how Americans versus Japanese people approach, mm, uh, that's completing objectives. Like he's just, it's amazing. But anyway, so some, some of the other stuff that they're merging their disciplines with, like I said, the rings that shoot out when he gets hit by a spike, he loses all his rings. Mm. It's cool, but it's also to show how powerful the Genesis was because rings are harder than coins and they're all coming out and overlapping. It's not just like a number gets, uh -huh. becomes less. It's not, you know, like they wanted they're to- kind of showing off a little. Yeah, some of the graphical <laughs> things. And then the red shoes with the buckles was to match Michael Jackson's bad album. The, the oh. buckle shoes, they wanted to get the 90s culture. And then wow. red and white, a lot of cultural symbology. Santa Claus, one of the most well-known. And then America, red, white, and blue. Sonic, Boom, baby. <laughs> red, white, and blue. You know, as well. They're just yeah. trying to sell this to us. Yeah. And then the, the, <laughs> the last one being saving animals from robots is very much in the 90s environmental trends of the time. Dr. Robotnik taking over these cuddly animals and turning them into there you robots go. now it like feels like a full thing you mm -hmm. know it, it, it you walk you walk before you can run <laughs> yeah i love i love what we just did just tracking the, the little pieces about it well we want to do a game well what do people want in a game well they don't want this in a game <laughs> or they're or they're doing this how do we stop them from doing that well, you yeah. know it, it, how do you build these parameters what are the things well, you know, what, what can also roll into the ball? Well, we were already playing with this character, you know what yeah. I mean? There's also an um, underdog fighting element because they're like, we got to beat Mario and Nintendo. So yes, everything yes, also, yes. there's an overlayer of it being informed by how do we do it better than them? Yeah. So speaking of which then, remember when he went around Central Park showing people random <laughs> sketches and taking polls on what <laughs> Americans would like? The number two most popular one was this bald mustache guy and so then that becomes the villain which is dr robotnik mm -hmm. or eggman so essentially sonic is fighting mario literally in the games which i had never made that illusion oh that's funny yeah that did not that did not occur to me yeah like we talked about with shrek it's they're trying to make it very apparent we are <laughs> beating nintendo at this we are making a point even if it's wishful thinking at the time, yeah, it's, yeah. It, you got to get in the game and play with, you know, the, the team that showed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then with the team, this always astounds me. The full team for the first game was seven people, another programmer, two more designers and two people for sound. And that's it. Mm. That's who made the first Sonic game, which seems wow. like an insane. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's just the way that All those it was. people could fit in the room, I yeah, mean. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. And then Naka, the programmer, this is some of the weirdness of the whole thing. He got no credit. A lot of it was because they didn't want other studios to poach the people. It was almost like you didn't want them to know who did what. But he had a little right. underhanded thing and displayed the names of the programmers in black text on a black background at the end. Ooh. So you would only know that if you looked <laughs> in the code of the game. And he was really disillusioned and essentially leaves, but then gets lulled back in with a lot more money and a Ferrari. <laughs> like, he like had, well, you know, who wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> they they got his love for speed. You know, they're like, we're gonna. <laughs> you started this. You want to be so, fast yeah. like Sonic, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can go real fast. <laughs> so that's how they got them. So th- this was uh, released in June of '91. But like I said, the Super Nintendo and Super Mario World, which was the latest one that they had with Yoshi, was already out. A big thing they did, again, trying to appeal to the American audience, was they packaged Sonic with the Genesis consoles from there on out, which it wasn't before. And then this became the best-selling game of 1991 to the point where Miyamoto, who did Mario, apologized for Super Mario World, saying it was rushed, even though it was the best-selling Super Nintendo game. (laughs) Since they got beat, they're like, oh, we did something wrong. You went out so hard, the other team's coach had to apologize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then in terms of, because the movie side of things, they definitely play on his character and his, how are you getting that from this type of a game that's made with seven (laughs) people? Um, Right. I'll post a link again. There's a really long video. This guy covers all the different animation from all of the Sonic video games over time. But in terms mm-hmm. of the first game, really what they were doing, it was about his emotions and expressiveness. Really? So way more than Mario. So like if you just leave him idling, Sonic stamps his foot and turns and looks at you as if you're he's like, come on, I want to go fast. Oh, what are you doing? Right. Stuff I like do that. remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just the. Yeah. I, I do remember that. The, the, uh, him like begrudgingly walking. Like, <laughs> oh, come. Like I didn't. And one, I felt like one like. Like tapped, didn't one have a watch? He like yeah, that was a later one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or points forward. Yeah. So in, in each yeah, iteration, yeah, yeah. but with that, it's also like when he gets hit by the spikes, he's really expressive. His eyes are really wide, and he flings. Yes. So it was just trying to emphasize in all these different ways how much cooler he was than Mario, both in his speed and his personality. Right. He was hip and edgy for the time. So I, I mean, I, I think that they try to keep true to that in the in the movies from what you've seen. It's interesting. I think that's part of the plight here for the film, and especially the first one. The second one has a little bit of a different mission, but the first one I think is really all about getting you to buy into Sonic as a character, as a real character, a talking, smart, you know, (laughs) real thing, which is kind of a big leap and how were we are we in his world or is he in our you know like it it has the whole job of setting up what the rules are and at that same time this is a character that has to go toe to toe with jim carrey in a the living in cartoon a, yeah. yes so uh it's not for nothing that this character uh, actually makes it through and makes it to a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, this character is full of life. I don't know whose idea it was to make him in love with chili dogs, but like we'll get to that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> okay. You know, like I'm like, is that a movie? Is that a? I have no like. You know, at that point, it, but it's so <laughs> wild and ridiculous that you can't help but the character being, you know, 
yeah. having a lot to go off. So when you're saying he's out of, you know, out of from his design phase, well, they want him to be overly expressive and overly, you know, the just cool like, '90s uh, vibe. Yeah, that's what they want. Uh, making him a big, a big character, Presence, yeah. even. You know, even from the beginning, it's been such an important thing to definitely to the character in all. And a big piece of it with the marketing of the time when this game first came out is uh, being different from Nintendo. There was, which is insane because nowadays throwing barbs specifically at another company is kind of frowned upon. It sounds weird when we keep because this isn't the first time we've talked about this. <laughs> we've talked about it a, f- a few times, like through, especially like through the back half of the '80s and through the '90s, that that companies were yeah. actively throwing shade at each other. We talked about it with Disney, either yeah, the yeah, other, yeah. the the Disney competitor. Yeah, I really think the parameters. What I was drawing down on earlier is an interesting thing here that we have seen a trend thirty years ago where companies were. Really passing the ball. Yeah. Putting shout outs to each other in each other's games, healthy or not, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was healthy competition and yeah. it cr- helped create more than just Sonic. But Sonic is a leading example yeah. of what that kind of competition really helped for. And I feel like we could use maybe some of that. <laughs> so much so. Some of the, it. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> what well, you might change your tune if you hear this the marketing was <laughs> they used their name. So the, I'll post a link to the videos. The catchphrase was Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And they literally, <laughs> and there's backing chorus, which got stuck in people's heads of you can't do this on Nintendo is playing in the background. And then at the end, it says Genesis does what Nintendo don't. And the multiple, multiple of these ads of Genesis being on the back of a race car, the Super Nintendo being on a broken ice cream truck. Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 oh god it's cartoonish but there's some there's some spirit there that is healthy you yeah, know what i mean yeah. genesis does what <laughs> nintendo don't is grammatically wrong oh and my god. who cares because it worked well also so this is uh tying and you had mentioned it already but the next year mortal Kombat comes out in the arcade and then it goes to <laughs> goes to <laughs> goes to consoles in 93 link to the episode in our show notes, but the Genesis had the real gore version. It had what the Super Nintendo didn't. So so really what Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it proved them right. The immediate fallout of this, I would say perhaps is akin to using the balloon B-roll after, I mean, even though these aren't missteps, (laughs) but I'm trying to make a parallel here because they just, they just go crazy. So Sonic 2 comes out, which has Tails and his Super Sonic version where he goes golden and is unstoppable. Yes, yes. And then Sonic 3, which then also includes Knuckles. And this is all the classic portly Sonic, where he looks like he kind of has a, a belly. I don't know if you're familiar. You know, he's, it's, not the, it's not the slender <laughs> one. That hasn't come yet. But we, gotcha. with all of this, 91 to 96, there's also a dozen spinoff games like Sonic Puzzle Games, Sonic Pinball, Sonic Kart Race. Like, it's all, it's, oh, it's just a lot oh, going on with him, which is also the start of the TV world and his adaptation straight out the gate so this was all my shows as a kid i didn't have video games at home but we had the vhs's of these and we rented them from blockbuster so that was my jam and i forgot that this existed until about four minutes ago (laughs) so uh not part of my (laughs) job yeah yeah, that i 
I was into I was into what I was into, but a lot most kids most kids were into Sonic, yeah. and I I just I missed the boat. I'm living up to the <laughs> title again, ladies and gentlemen. I also don't know with this. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. Why they? So there's two different shows. Literally, one of them is released a week after the other one, and they're running in parallel, what? and they both have different approaches to the Sonic character, and I don't know why this happened but i it also speaks to kind of the confusion already of who he is who he's appealing to what they're trying to do with it just throwing everything at it now what were they how were they different? so yeah they both ran from 93 to 96 the adventures of sonic the hedgehog was the one that came out first 65 episodes very gag driven this is where the chili dogs come from it is Thank more God. like looney tunes it or I would even describe it as kind of like Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. Like Dr. Robotnik is gotcha. Wiley e. Coyote and his crazy inventions, and they're I like that. trying yes, to yes, out yeah. do, you know, and he gets mucked up. I can and I can see that. Yeah. Very much goofy, silly. It's got this Sonic says at the end, like moral of the story where it just breaks the fourth wall. And now kids, here's what you do if you want to Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. So they do that same thing in Demon Slayer, the uh, the anime. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's very much in that exact same uh, that that exact same tone. It's so cute. Yeah. So this is uh, this one, and then a week later, Saturday morning cartoon, and it's darker. Robots <laughs> rule the city. There's these freedom fighters that are underground trying to stop Doctor Robot. Oh, they went world building it, with it. They went. Wow. This one was. This is the one I liked. It's almost like reminds me kind of like the Matrix, like a cyberpunk sort of vibe where. Wow. Uh, they're trying to gain control of Mobotropolis, <laughs> the city that okay. he runs. What's weird? It's it's the same portly sort of Sonic, and both of them are voiced by Jaleel White, who did Urkel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Right. But he was the voice for both. He's he's the voice of Sonic <laughs> at the beginning because he's also super popular on TV at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, That's perfect. With this, then this this is kind of how Sonic is getting introduced to kids outside of the game, such as myself who didn't play them. But again, strange that it's two very different takes on it. It's interesting. I mean, because I'm like, I well, you're describing the first one, and I'm and I'm seeing the elements of that that. That can work. Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of the elements of it that honestly I see in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> the second one is like, okay, we're going to Batman beyond <laughs> it. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's still and, silly and for is kids. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Sure. I like that one more. That was just. I, it's a, hey, that's a big stab. That's a big <laughs> swing. And I am I am for it. I mean, that's big. I mean, at least you're not getting that confused at which one you're watching. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> with this confusion comes on the video game side of it now with all of the million things that they've come out with, I would consider this kind of the balloon retiring on its initial run after mm. it's had some some chances to get knocked down and caught on a tree yeah, eh? yeah. so 1996 behold three dimensions in video games the sega saturn is the console it's been out for a year mario 64 on the nintendo 64 and crash bandicoot for the playstation was already out so now sega is behind with their hmm. sonic game for their new 3d console no they did make a couple. They tried. There was one that was an isometric view, which is like 2.5D. It's almost like a board game, kind of like strategy games are very much in this top-down like, angle. Why did Tron come to mind? I don't know. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> <My> yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, they tried, you know, a racing game. They, they just couldn't hang. There was a game called Sonic Extreme, which was a pure 3D, but it got canceled. And this is where... Mm. 
there was a film tie-in that also got canceled at really? this point. Really? This early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was only a, at the treatment level, but- I mean, it would make sense that they've got two shows, <laughs> all these games, all these properties. This is kind of the part of it that I've been wondering about yeah. is to- I felt like there was a Sonic movie around the corner, basically- all through public school. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then I forgot about it until it just, it, it existed. But I, I wondered why this didn't come out in 1999. Where was 1999 should have had Sonic <laughs> and Space Jam to Race Jam with Space <laughs> with Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Well, so with this, yeah, like I said, the Sega Saturn, which is the, the console in this generation, like I said, they tried to do something, but mm. it, they couldn't do the 3D thing correctly. Mm. So here comes, you're right, the big redesign is in 99 with mm. their next console, the Dreamcast. And I would consider this, yeah, coming back with the balloon. <laughs> They're like, we're right. coming back, baby. <laughs> and it's all new and it's better and it's not going to pop. He's back. So this is now th yeah. <laughs> Sonic Adventure <laughs> in 3D, baby. And I kind of see this almost in a way as like damned if you do, damned if you don't, because they're like, it can't just be about going fast, right? Like maybe we have to do <laughs> something else with this. Uh, so this has the voice acting. It's he's got an edgier attitude, and this is the one. Oh, okay, this is not the portly squat one. This is the longer limbs, the bigger head, mm. the pointier nose. The probably what more people know Sonic as versus the, the gotcha. retro one. The Sonic Adventure game, though. They really went all out. You can play as six different characters and not just wow. through the same level. It's also completely different storylines and mechanics. They each have their own theme song. Mm, it's, a, okay. it's a lot yeah. that they put into this. Also, there's a new head of the Sonic team that is helming this, Takashi Izuka, and he's still the head of Sonic team. So from here on out, he's the one leading all of this. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. What happened to the other people, Oshima, the artist left to form a new studio on his own. And then Yasuhura, the level design guy, who's yeah. he, he moves to another company, which we'll get to what all that was, but they're gone. Okay. The best-selling game on the Dreamcast, of course, was this crazy multi-character one. Some people say, oh, this then starts their detrimental decline because they're like, well, we got to focus on all these other characters. <laughs> yeah, they busted it wide open. And now we got to that, that That's exactly what Lucas said about <laughs> to the director of Empire Strikes Back is you made a good one. Now we have to follow it up with even with a good one. Well, we're not going to do better than this. Yeah. <laughs> so that is also with the gameplay versus just the story. Like now there's different elements to playing besides just going really fast which is what Sonic and Tails did. There's like this one character, his whole plot line revolves around fishing. It's like, did I come to a Sonic game to play a character that fishes? I don't know. <laughs> and with this, they can't really hang in the PlayStation 2 and Xbox market in terms right. of their own console. So they get out of making consoles, Sega does, and they're saying, we're just right. going to do games. And of all things, right. coming back to the master, they port this to the GameCube, which is Nintendo's console in this right. realm which is how we get mario and sonic See, i even down. i almost even forgot that they were such a major player in the console <laughs> game through the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. it seemed like obviously sega but like i i almost i forgot when they got out of the game yeah. it seems like they they were one of them and then suddenly they weren't and it, i it, like they went out 
and started doing strictly video games yeah. with no announcement to at least my eight-year-old <laughs> self. Right, um, right. And I never noticed. I never noticed, ever. Yeah. I'm only now going like, oh, yes, at one point, very, very <laughs> <laughs> at one point in the early 2000s, they said, we're not, no, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. I've never even like really considered And in that. fact, now he's with Mario. Isn't that great for you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, and honestly, it makes sense. I mean, who are we going to, who are we going to stake sides yeah. with in this international game that makes sense let's put all our eggs in the same basket yeah i love eventually it. thereafter just the dreamcast ones get ported but from then on out depending on the sonic yeah, game yeah. it's on the playstation 2 or it's on whatever so this becomes the realm of to me downhill this is the caught in the tree again after they <laughs> bring the balloon around they're trying many things so then some of the games sonic team which is four teams of three each They've added even more characters more. and more teams. <laughs> and then this is also thereafter Shadow the Hedgehog gets his own video game with guns. There's also 10 different endings that you could potentially get with him. Like Clue? <laughs> They're trying all sorts of different mechanics with this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. In the, in the early 2000s. Here's where we are on the adaptation side. In TV land, you get the, the show Sonic X, which is... The whole roster of characters, it's more of an anime style, and there's definitely more hmm. character relationship development. So this is almost like the Gen cool. you know, Gen yeah. Zers below me would have liked this show versus the mm -hmm. ones that I watched. And then in Filmland, 2002, around this time, there was going to be an animated film that was based on the Sonic the Hedgehog series, the one that I like, the dystopian one. Uh -huh. It was dropped in 2007, though, because of a couple things. One... Uh, the licensing manager who had supported the project and was shuttling it along for years had died. And so oh, yeah. a lot of the people okay. along with that left as well as corporate shifts at Sega because now if you think yeah. about the balloon thing, it's like, we're going to take a step back. We're not going to come back for a while. Like the balloon didn't come back until this past year after. Right. No, they're not going to do that at all. They're doing a whole reboot of Sonic, everything he ever was. So this is wow. the 15th anniversary and new consoles have come out, the Xbox 360 and PS3, if you're tracking along with me in the history. Wow. So this is also like that to me was a huge jump in graphical capabilities, technology. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is insane. This looks like this. Was, that was like one of the last ones where it was obvious. It was so <laughs> obvious the leap and bound over what they had done just a few years earlier. And it feels like each iteration since this point, basically, I'm seeing like less and less. <laughs> that one was massive to me, too. Yeah. So yeah. this this then becomes Sonic 2006, just called Sonic the Hedgehog because it's a complete reboot. It's the name of the first game. It is the most unpolished, glitch-ridden, horrible animation and graphics, one of the worst no, games in the industry. No, Sonic. Talked about all over. So I had to be like, uh, what happened here? Why? How could this happen? Yeah, that didn't just happen <laughs> with all these bangers in the in the locker <laughs> yeah some of the some of the things the, the realistic tone and realistic graphics like they were inspired by batman begins which had come out recently you know it was this wave oh, of okay yeah so he interacts with humans which have an uncanny valley effect sonic yeah. got swept up in the <laughs> nolan real hyper realism grittier yeah and, and a, he doesn't have this in the game but they had even considered more realistic fur and textures which became the whole thing of the movie in mm -hmm. where he's got the quills yeah, where the fans said oh god this is horrifying they were going to do that for this game and they toned it back a little bit but the they just couldn't 
they couldn't hang with all of what they were trying to do <laughs> to make it so realistic, as well as Yuji Naka, who was the original programmer. He left Sega in the middle of this to form his own indie game company, and he consulted on some other things, but this was like restructuring of the company. Uh, they wanted to do a reboot. Everybody that was on the original is gone. So wow. it's interesting how with the newer movie, to bring it back to that, like they really listened to the fans when they said, we don't want the Lord. realistic thing. You know what I mean? Because it took. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's a danger. I think it's a dangerous precedent. Yeah, I yeah. Think, <laughs> yes, it's very, it's very, very interesting. It's, I think it's cool that they, that at some level that they did listen to the fans, obviously. Yeah. At some level, though, I've got to flip this on its head on two fronts, I think. Number one, I really wish that the original version was how it was. Just I feel robbed because it was so, so horrible looking. Yeah. I want the whole movie to look that way. But on a more serious note, now with uh, things like Kenobi on the forefront, right. uh, I don't know if you heard the whole, all of the complaining about the villain in uh, the Kenobi trailer. It, the whole internet is yeah. up in arms because the villain doesn't have the same head shape as the pre-established animated <laughs> version or the one that was right. in the background shots of episode <laughs> two. And and it's things like that mm -hmm. where the fact that, that this character's head shape might be a little bit different than the one in the cartoon, that's a non-issue. That's not an issue of adaptation, <laughs> really. Right. That's a stylistic choice when you listen to fans to set a precedent that listening to them is a good thing to outright, you really run the risk of damaging a performance and a full character, yeah. uh, much like people don't understand what happened with Bane in Dark Knight Rises. That happened to Bane and his voice. They had to completely re-record every bit of dialogue uh -huh. for that character because the internet got upset because they couldn't hear the dialogue of Bane in the IMAX prologue preview. <laughs> I remember that, yeah on a camcorder. And so because of the internet watching it on off someone's camcorder and they couldn't understand Bane, that forced the, the studio heads to make the filmmakers re-record the entire character's dialogue. And this is all coming to a point of like, I like that they maybe redesigned Sonic and gave Sonic a, a design that worked for the fans and honestly does make the movie work. I yeah. worry that it sets a very, very dangerous precedent at to what point it really matters. Um, yeah, in the long term. I, I will say, I, I know that in terms of the Sonic thing, it was over-reported, like how difficult it was to redo. And like they had just done that and they hadn't done any, you know, it wasn't like we had to go back and redo the entire the movie, movie. wasn't done. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, the movie yeah. wasn't done. So, I mean, it's a lot of work and it's certainly in the, when you're in the midst of a train like that, yeah. that doesn't feel like it can stop. It's certainly a lot to stop and redesign and figure yeah. it out and throw shots away and come back with a new thing a new shot i get it yeah. but it's not i think you're totally right a bit over reported <laughs> when that trailer comes out trust me that movie is in shambles <laughs> baby you are see let me try child you are seeing the best of the best do not worry yeah. about it so i think two more things to that one if you do want to see the original sonic the only thing that i could find was because we had talked about in a lot of things with marketing and toys and things of that nature they had already made and put out children's Halloween costumes of the original Sonic. <laughs> and uh, it's not quite so horrifying because the face was the thing that people were really upset about. Right. But still the proportions of being a human child, like it matches the original <laughs> thing. And then also just that it's all fur and it like, 
his hand, you know, uh, it was just weird. He doesn't have gloves, yeah. but there is the, the children's costume. <laughs> it obviously doesn't exist anymore, but I found, I'll post a link. You could buy one on eBay for 50 bucks. Oh, they still yes. exist. So if you just want to look at that, it's weird because it's got the real looking hair. Thank you and so all much, that. Taylor. And then <laughs> the, the, uh, the second thing to consider is back to the 2006 game that was a disaster because they tried to do too much and make it realistic. You'd think they would say, okay, well, let's take a step back, see what the fans like. Like I said, like the balloon, just take some time to plan it out. Nope. Mm. Games every year <laughs> of all different <laughs> kinds. So the next thing to come out was Sonic and the Secret Rings, which is sort of this Arabian Nights feel. And the villain is an evil genie. And then Ooh. immediately after that, Sonic and the Black Knight, medieval Europe, and he's got a sword. So tell me real quick. So we're going through and we're finding some different villains and stuff. But is Mr. Robotnik really the main guy? Gone. The main one? Gone. Gone. <laughs> Something to do with. My God. To my knowledge, maybe he's involved, but I know that people God. are just like, this is not at all anything to do with it. And him with the sword was, slows down the speed mechanic. Uh, like you literally stop to slash. It just doesn't work at all. The 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 culmination kind of that I feel with this, the game that I played in high school, because I want I saw, oh, there's a new Sonic game with Sonic Unleashed, which was for all ooh. consoles. And he's Sonic, and then in the other half, he's a werehog where he's this werewolf and it's all about fighting and it's slow and it's horrible. Uh, gameplay. Whoa. The Sonic Good. levels were amazing to me. All this other open world <laughs> junk, the slow fighting junk, but I was like, this is really cool. And if you think about all that that's going on with another million games, the context, the year before this is the start of these epic franchises on Xbox and PlayStation. So wow. Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect, big franchises had come out as well as Uncharted, which just had a movie. Right. But the right. connection here is that Hirokazu Yasuhara, who was the level designer, mm -hmm. this is the company that he moved to, was Naughty Dog. So he was the game designer on Uncharted, which is oh, renowned yeah. for its wow. gameplay. Because he, yeah, he, and he also was responsible for Jack and Daxter, which was that other wow, PlayStation. Really? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. the design. Oh, All yeah, those are I mean, heavily seems, regarded. When naming it, it's like, oh, yeah, that he, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved all those. So finally, with all of these ups and downs and trying a million things, they do take a step back for the 20th anniversary in 2011. They do, which I think is a bit ahead of its time, Sonic Generations. They bring the old levels back. There's some 2D and 3D. It's a total makeover. They merge the timelines. They get the chubby Sonic in. It's like they meet each other. It's kind of into the Spider-Verse, Doctor Strange, multiverse Ooh, madness. Yeah. But in 2011, in the video game world, and people love it, it's wow. finally they're doing well. In terms of doing things well, they're like, you know what? We need a complete new redesign. What? <laughs> Even though we went, you know what? It's time. <laughs> time to redefine it. You know? And what, what, they, <laughs> what they try to do differently, we're going to make this a whole big cohesive franchise, and it's now all called Sonic all right. Boom. Sonic Boom is a TV <laughs> series on Cartoon Network where they redesign all the characters, uh, change a bit. You know, the comedy is more like okay. self-aware, meta-humor. There's several game tie-ins, which are not by Sonic Team. They feature action and exploration and a ton of characters. And these are some of the worst-selling Sonic games that they've ever made. Good yeah. Lord. Uh, but the show, at least, brought in a new audience on Cartoon Network. And yeah. that would be, again, like the third generation of this, of being like, oh, I know that one. Uh, right. And what the characters represent there. I guess then that's what's interesting is like with the movie coming into Bear... It had been trying to go off and on and was in turnaround and eventually Paramount got it. 
because they didn't even really know what to base it off of necessarily. It was on until 2007, and then it was kind of <laughs> off the books from there until as around when Paramount yeah, gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Paramount picks it up about when? 2017 or 16? Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, at least when they pick it up, they didn't waste too much yeah. time. And so what's interesting <laughs> is Jeff Fowler, this is the first one that came out in 2020. This is his feature directorial debut. Wow. Yeah. His claim to fame with Sonic is that he had worked for this company that did all of the cutscenes for Shadow the Hedgehog in 05 and the oh, hated yeah. Sonic reboot in 06. In his defense, it's like that's what those things were praised for was how good the cutscenes yes. <laughs> like the pre-rendered yes. by a actual movie studio type situation, not the actual. He also worked as an animator on Where the Wild Things oh. Are in 2009. That's a, I love that movie personally. Um, yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, well, that's also kind of like a, just looking at the animation angle here. You and know? it makes sense maybe if he's directing it, why they would say, oh, do the realistic fur thing. Cause it seems like that's what he'd worked mm. on with this, like both in Where exactly. the Wild Things and these. Yeah. So it only makes sense that he would try that. Yeah. 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 Some of the, some of the stuff that was interesting with this and then the more recent one in 2022 is Ben Schwartz. He was friends with the guys that were pitching this to the studios. Right. And he was right. part of the test reading because he's a voice actor. He's done other acting stuff as well. But they kept him from the, because sometimes that happens with temp music where it's like, oh, we really like this song in this scene. Can we just get the rights to it? And in this right. case, it was like, oh, who's the guy that did the little test thing <laughs> to pitch, you know? And it's like, yeah. oh, it's this guy. Oh, cool. Let's just get him. to. So he was like, this is the, the most craziest. It was like a favor to a friend that I knew I wasn't going to get paid for that might not even <laughs> become a movie. And it's kind of just one of those stories. Oh, of, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and now I do voicemails for my friend's kids and they're so surprised, <laughs> you know, like all kinds of stuff. It's, it's kind of a wonderful situation for him and rare. Yeah. I mean, he's also an actor, but in the sense of like, they didn't get Ben Stiller or somebody who is a well-known actor. I am so happy that somebody like Ben Schwartz is in the role and not Chris Pratt. Right. Or, you know, or, you know, I just, I am voice acting as its own detailed industry. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I get weirded out when I see things like Zendaya taking Lola Bunny's <laughs> role like that's that's very strange that's an established character with somebody that's been playing that character basically the entire time yeah. and it's uh and more and it's just supposed to like be cool that Zendaya suddenly is doing it I guess so that we can money launder in public I don't really <laughs> under like that's that's the best I can do well, uh, but, yeah. I'm just tired of it I'm so, I, I'm so happy that Ben Schwartz is, yeah. is somebody like him is in this role because I mean honestly he sounds like he's having a blast <laughs> doing it uh, yeah. so. well and the big one that came out of this recent one that you saw 2022's the voice of Tales is Colleen O'Shaughnessy who had been doing the role since 2014 in everything related to tales and mm -hmm. this is huge because she's a professional voice actress thank you this is this they could have is Zendaya. how yeah. they should do it this is how you do it yeah this is, and i know that they still get um they still get idris elba for yeah. knuckles yeah. but look that two of the three <laughs> yeah okay yeah really the crux of the film is sonic understanding the value of a team the value of a squad the value of a family uh so that in turn they can actually turn knuckles yeah later down the road. And that doesn't come without Tails. So when we got to Tails' scene of really like telling Sonic how much uh, Sonic means to him, 
I fell in love with the voice. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and it was very. It was it, sometimes with these things for me, they don't. The first scene, I'm like, look, <laughs> never. And then get me to get me to like the moment, and then I'm in love. Yeah. And then I couldn't hear it any other way, and and it was very much that yeah. way with tales. So it was very. It was really interesting because I I was very sharp on it <laughs> when they, when they were introduced. I went, mm, doesn't feel like he's in the scene. I don't like it. And then warmed me up, and now I loved. It. I loved by the end. Well, and like you said, it's beautiful that it is the, the person who had been doing yes. it forever. I had no idea. Again, I had no concept of that. I try to go into things blind. I, mm-hmm. I make that's kind of the point. Tails' voice in particular was an element that I warmed up to and then really liked by the end of it because of number one, the character's place in the thematics of the narrative. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the keeping things, uh, the money laundering, which started not. <laughs> on purpose with Robin Williams being the genie because the genie literally was Robin Williams. And then therefore uh, yeah. everybody was like, oh, well, we'll just put the big But names. that's again, yeah. like, love Zendaya. Yeah. <laughs> Zendaya, I, I love, God, yeah. we did Euphoria. Go listen to the episodes. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but again, not the same thing as a Robin Williams. Right. Robin Williams as a voice <laughs> talent brings a lot to the table. Yeah. I don't know that Chris Pratt does yeah you know i'm and i'm not an interesting i don't and this is not about zendaya this is not about chris pratt but it's just about these typically people that are a package deal and we are suddenly now packaging on one dimension and they're ultimately their talents are not built on that one dimension and there are a whole yeah. industry of people who are. well and i think the reason if i'm correct that you're bringing up chris pratt is because the mario movie was announced yeah. and he is well, the Italian plumber, when there is a guy who has been doing the voice since forever. Yeah. 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 And so I think that that's very much what, if we can draw an end to this, where the film has yeah. taken us, it is people relate to the earnestness with which they made these Sonic movies versus some of the other games and some of the other attempts at yeah. things that, yeah. that and, and comparing it to other animated children's media like you're saying where it's like cool right. what kid cares that it's Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart exactly yeah. they don't, they don't <laughs> oh my gosh and I mean I gotta hand it to them in terms of just like a going to the movies and, and weighing the two movies they really opened up the scope of this one the first one is so like I said and they had the task of getting you to buy into Sonic as a character but now the second one you get to kind of buy into him and the world <laughs> and they did really well with making the team and family aspects of these thematics yeah. shine through i mean i i saw at 2 p.m with a bunch of kids <laughs> a bunch of kids um i i i i can tell you it was clapping when the, when the lights went down it was wild uh i think the thematics here the morals here really really poked through in a way that i didn't expect because it all hinges on knuckles turn he, yeah yeah mr robotnik is using him and being able to flip that over me like actually you belong with sonic and that's kind of your crew you him tails the weight and value in all of that i found that to be really really strong yeah. well and that's probably what and, people and i just didn't expect yeah. it well and like <laughs> i said that, like hopefully going through all the stuff that he's done it's like they were building up the team in the old 2d ones and then when they started doing a bunch of it was like it was all about teams and his side characters and really if you're and now yeah. now you have all the pieces on the board i really that was a really that was fun about this is to finally have 
everybody have these characters to play with. I think it really worked for the movie where it might have been a lot at some times when you're introducing them into the games because there's no story to go off of. Well, this this is a movie. It builds <laughs> that story along the way. So suddenly, man, I have investment in Tales. Yeah, it, it really works. And it's fun when when he shows up in a biplane. <laughs> <laughs> there's some of that plane stuff bringing it back around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because it is fun. I think that's the ultimately at so the end of the day. That's, all it should that's be. what that's what they intended in making the first game. They're like, can we make this more fun than anything else that's out here? Let me just put a big check on. Yeah. That. <laughs> you know, if anything else, if and if not anything else, both of these two movies are were just fun. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge success for doing stuff like this. Um, this is a this is a really up, exciting upswing that we're on. Let us know. Let us know if you want more video game stuff. There's certainly more video game stuff out there on the uh, yeah on the horizon. Keep a shout out to us if you want more of something like this. Thank you guys for sticking with us. This was great. I learned an immense amount about something that's just been in the peripherals of my brain the entire yeah time i've been conscious uh, so <laughs> if you enjoyed this please uh let us know let us know what you're uh, interested in let us know what you're reading let us know what you're watching um you never know when we'll do an episode about the thing you want to know all about reach out to us at illiterate pod on instagram for any and all messages and then if you would give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts please. it helps so much uh please 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 give us a rating all right thank you all for listening and we will catch you next week <laughs>